appreciate that. And all your goals in life you can have, but if the main goal is not to draw closer to Him, everything else will fail. Everything else will fail. You can be the most successful in anything you want to be, but if you don't know the Lord Jesus, and by the way, if you do know Him and you're not close to Him, as He sang about, your life will be miserable. The most miserable people in the world are not lost people. They're, they're, they're Christians who are not walking with God. That's a miserable place. And, uh, you know, what's interesting is I've heard a lot of preaching and been around a lot. Of course, you have as well, I know. And you'll hear preachers say, well, if you're not doing X, Y, Z, you're probably not saved. And uh, there may be some truth to that. But I, I think a lot of folks uh, walk away from the Lord. And uh, Remember, Peter followed him afar off. He was still a disciple. He followed him afar off. But he wasn't close to him. And uh, we'll say, well, we want that instantaneous uh, peace, right? So we'll say, well, maybe, maybe, I, maybe I wasn't saved. Maybe I didn't do it right. Maybe I need to get saved again. Or maybe you need to examine your life and see where you walked away from God and then retrace that, that path back to him. Repent and start getting some things right. Because see, what we like is we like instantaneous things. Now, when you get saved, that's instantaneous, isn't it? But, but your, your walk with God is not, well, today I'm lost and then I get saved and all of a sudden I'm, I'm where exactly I need to be and I'm as mature as I'll ever be. It's a, it's a progressive walk that we walk with the Lord Jesus. And so in order to make us feel better, we'll say, well, maybe I didn't get saved. Well, maybe you did, right? I mean, because here's the thing, Brother Foy. Salvation is not dependent on you, it's dependent on him. So when you get in this mindset of, well, maybe I didn't get saved or didn't do it the right way, what you're saying is, God, you, you're not as good as your word because the Bible said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's what he said. So if you depend on your power more than you depend on his power, you, you'll always have that doubt. So a lot of times what happens, we walk away from God and we, we, we get in the, the, the uh, hog pit of the world, right? And instead of repenting and saying, well, I'm where I'm at because I chose to walk away from God. And in order for me to get back, what I've got to do is humble myself and repent and walk back to him. We'll say, well, you need to come where I'm at, Lord. You need to fix my problem where it's at. Or maybe you need to take personal responsibility for it and say, I, God is as good as his word and I did what he said so he saved me. But I'm the one who walked away. So I'm the one who needs to come back. So, so you, you've got to be the one who decides. Now I know this, the Holy Spirit will deal with your heart. But God will let you go as far as you want to go. Until he decides that's enough. So you, you don't want to walk with God, you, you don't have to. Now, I, believe, I do believe this. I think there's a lot of folks sitting in our churches that have never been saved, right? Because they're dependent on something other than the finished work. They're dependent on their, you know, well, I, I asked the Lord to save me, but I'm a good person. No, you're not, not according to the Word of God. I asked the Lord to save me, but I got baptized. I asked the Lord to save me, but I joined the church. Well, those things are good, but that didn't save you. And so if you're depending on anything, by the way, that is, Brother uh, Russell, that is the definition of legalism. Yes. 
right? We, we hear a lot of people today, if you've got any standards or convictions, they'll say you're a legalist. Well, the, the definition of legalism is adding to the finished work of Christ. I'm not a legalist. I know that, uh, listen, there's only one way to heaven. That's the finished work of Christ. But I also believe in sanctification, that when you're saved, that God uh, calls you and requires you to be his ambassador. That's a whole different ballgame, by the way. That's good preaching, Brother Jimmy. Brother Jimmy gave me that outline for that, so y'all give that to him. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 1 again this morning. I want to begin verse number, I want to go back and look at verse number 18. uh, And then we're going to look at verse 19 and 20. I want to look at verse 18 for context, but then we want to go to verse 19 and 20 uh, for our scripture this morning. And how many of you have ever heard this or had this question posed to you? If God is a God of love, then why would he allow people, or, or not even allow, but saying, why would God send people to hell? You ever heard that? Well, how many, how many know this, that he doesn't send people to hell? According to John chapter 3, they're already, they're already on the way. Right? They're, they're as good as there. What God tries to do is keep people from going to hell, Right? And so in Romans chapter 1, verse number uh, 18, the Bible said, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Now that, the Bible tells me there that God has, has uh, uh, revealed his wrath. Can we agree? I mean, look in the Old Testament. When we know that the flood took place, right? God flooded the earth. What was that? It's the wrath of God. Remember uh, Korah in the Old Testament when, when the, the Bible said the earth opened up and swallowed his whole family. Why? It was the wrath of God, right? So th- there is a wrath side of God. Now, we don't want to hear about that today because we want to do what we want to do, live like we want to live, and there's no consequences, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's uh, fairness. And, and so in verse number 19, or verse number, yeah, in verse number 19, the Bible said, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. Now let's look at that carefully. Because that which may be known. So it tells me God wants them to know and they can know. All of us can know. May be known of God. Is manifest, it didn't say to them. First part says in them. So we're saying, listen, people, what about the people in the, the darkest jungles of South America? How can they know the God we know? Well, he said he puts it in them for them to know him, right? So because that which is maybe known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. So he's given them a double witness. He said it's in them, but he also shows it unto them. Okay? So... Uh, How does he do that? Verse 20 said, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. So notice this, that they are without excuse. So here's what he's saying. He said there's no excuse for anybody who lives on the face of the earth not to know him. Right? Right? You say, well, what about people never heard the gospel? Well, God's saying, I put something in them that desires to know God 
And I have shown them through other things that there is a God. Right? And so honestly, God has done everything he could to keep man out of hell. And not only when it comes to Calvary, but also revealing himself to us in different ways. Many missionaries, you talk to them, they'll say they, that, that the heathen know there is a God. Right, they, Even you look at Native Americans and other cultures that they have a deity, yes. right? They, they, they're searching for something. They know there's something greater than them, but they just don't, they don't want to recognize the true God. And so uh, they're just not willing to accept that. So man knows that his sin must be punished and seeks ways to appease or satisfy their, 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 uh, their angry uh, deity. Now you say, well, look at the Old Testament, Molech. Well, they do. They threw kids in the fire, right? I mean, they sacrificed children to gods because they wanted to appease these angry deities. And all cultures have this type of thing. Well, think about this. Religion says you have to do something to appease the anger of God. Christianity says Jesus has done something for the atonement or the appeasing of the wrath of God. So it's not a matter of uh, not recognizing it. It's a matter of whether or not you'll recognize the true God has done everything he can to keep you out of hell. And man will say, well, how could God send people to hell? He's just proved that he's not sending anybody to hell. What he's doing is keeping you out of it. And so this morning, I want you to understand that, 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 that people, and, and even today, we have this humanistic mindset. We had, to go from, uh, we had to go from the fact that man recognized that he needed uh, some type of salvation. Brother Russell Tenow is like, I don't need that because I don't want to believe it. Or I feel like what I've done is good enough. That's a humanistic mindset to say, I don't need a God. I can take care of everything myself. Well... If let me say this, part of the the idea of what's science, right? Remember, trust the science. Well, that isn't a new phenomenon. They've been telling that for years. That's why there's all this confusion about evolution. Trust the science. Well, science is there to prove there is a God. Man has hijacked science to try to disprove there's a God and call it science. Now, these kids here, if they're in public school or maybe some private schools. They, and, and I remember even when I was going to school, they tried to teach you the theory of evolution. And the whole idea is to debunk creation. They, they, they tried to teach the idea of a Big Bang theory, right? The idea was to debunk that there is a creator that took, and again, you think about how asinine and crazy the whole thing is. They're saying that there's a mass of stuff that exploded and threw everything out into space. Where's that? Well, if you, if you have enough faith to believe there's a mass of stuff there, why can't you have enough faith to believe there's a God that created stuff? They'll say, how can you prove that there's a God? Well, how can you prove there was a mass of stuff somewhere? Right? How can you prove, right, you don't want to believe in a divine creator that made man in his image just the way we are. You say, well, can you explain evolution? I can explain adaptation. Very simple. You live here, right, you move to Florida. 
for a few years, you know what? It's so hot you have meat falling off the bone. At some point in time, you, your body adapts to that climate. You move to Alaska, you're going to freeze to death. At some point in time, you know, you're still going to have to wear some clothes up there, by the way. But your body will adapt to that. So adaptation is not the same as, as uh, this whole thing of evolution. The idea of evolution is that at some point in time, you started as some primordial ooze. You may have, I didn't. And that we kept getting better over millions of years, right? To now we're walking upright. Well, that's contrary to what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that man is devolving. We're going backwards. Right? If we were getting better, then you tell me why in our, in our lifetime, how many would agree with this? The day we live in today is worse than it was 20, 30 years ago. Well, that don't sound like we're going in the right direction to me. Looks to me like we're going backwards. So man was created in the image of God in a perfect state, and then because of sin, he went backwards, right? We're getting worse. The farther we get away from the source, the worse we get. And so we're, but if you can disprove that with science and technology, which again, nothing has been disproven, they're all theories, then we can say, well, we don't have to believe in a creator because you can't prove that there's a creator. And God said, I've given you all the evidence there. And so if you are blind today, you are willfully blind. With all the technology all that we have, all the intellect, all the information, they still cannot disprove God. Not one time have they called it the, the law of evolution. It's still the theory of evolution. Amen? So, so what I'm saying this morning is God is making sure that he is known to mankind. And so there, there's two things I'll share with you in, this, in these verses. Number one, God's witness is unmistakable. In verse 19, notice he said, Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, and also for God has showed it unto them. So what does it mean to put it in them? Well, God puts in a man a desire to seek God. Yes. Right? Yes. You say, no, no, no. No, you're seeking God, you just don't know it. In other words... There's something inside of you desiring to have peace and to have joy and to have a sense of relationship with a higher being. Right? That's, that's why, that's why Brother Barry, the, the fact is God gives us that desire and Satan has all these counterfeits to say, listen, you don't need God. This right here will satisfy you and will meet the need that you have. But the problem is he's a liar right and he's a deceiver and what happens is you say well i just i need this drug to take the edge off and so satan says yeah you you know you don't need god you don't need the peace of god you've got all these things and the religion can't fix that and so here, here's here's this drug that will give you that peace you go oh, i'll take it and you you feel good for a little while and then the body says you need more of that Oh, 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 alcohol, same way, right? It just calms my nerves, and, and I need that. I've had a hard day. Isn't it funny? I've had a hard, I need a drink. Well, you're just telling on yourself, you need a drink. In other words, you've got to have something 
to bring you the peace that you desire, but it's not the right thing. So see, God has put in you that, that desire, that seeking uh, inner man that's saying, I'm seeking for something. Yes, sir. And it's been that way throughout history. Right. A man has tried illicit relationships, alcohol, drugs, even religion, Brother Shane, even yes. religion, man has said, if I could just be religious, right? If, if, if I could just figure out a way to fix this problem. I mean, we live in a day-to-day. Where, what's amazing to me, I read something this week that only 15%, listen to this, 15% of people that say they're Christians have a biblical worldview. 15%. 85% of people that say they are Christians do not have, cannot understand simple Bible principles or don't believe they're true. Brother Floyd, we're, we're even in Christianity trying to explain how evolution can fit into Christianity. By the way, it cannot. You can't be a Christian evolutionist. They're contrary, right? So, so, we've got, so we're trying to mix philosophy and, and, and biblical principles and come up with this new new thing well you go back in the Old Testament and it's not a new concept I mean look at the Tower of Babel man said we don't we're going to build something tall enough to get up to God and they all came together and worked together and they and what God do he destroyed it and gave them all these different languages so there's always been that desire to seek after something bigger than ourselves so now, that's why socialism is so it, listen by the way socialism is a religion it's like, well, let's, let's just do this. Let's just everybody, we need to put everybody on the same, same level, right? We, just, we all need to have a living wage. Well, I agree with that, but you should work for a living wage, right? And these young people, they think, oh, we need a socialist society. Well, here's what you do. Let me explain it to you this way. You go to work, right? Let's say, young person, you make $100 this week. You go to work. $100. Well, your sister, your brother, doesn't work, sits at home, watch TV. When you come home, you give $30 or $40 of that $100 to your brother or sister, or 50 Let's say we'll split it 50-50. You say, that's the craziest thing ever. Well, that's what this whole socialism thing is. You work, you make the money, but we're going to take the people that don't work, we're going to give them half of it. Some of y'all must like that idea. Yeah, but if everybody was equal and had the same thing, nobody, listen, here's what will be, there'll be the upper elite that will have all the money and we'll all be poor, right? And ain't everybody going to be on the same level, by the way, right? So, so what happens is we're seeking something inside to make us feel better and to give us peace and the world's saying, I got all this stuff and some of it's religious, some of it's political, some of it's uh, social, some of it's psychological, and people are embracing it. When What God's saying, I put something in you that will make you seek after me if you'll look for me. And so we have a conscience to know right and wrong. Well, you say, how do we know what's right or wrong? Well, because they write laws. No, it's not the laws, it's the Word of God. God puts in a, you know what, you don't have to determine, you don't have to decide what's right and wrong. God tells us, gives us a conscience. What we do is we go against the conscience to say this isn't wrong. 
to make us feel better. So the farther we get away from the Word of God and the presence of God, that's where we have all this confusion. You say, well, I'm just confused about a lot of things. And, you know, they're, they're saying this is right and this is right. And, you know, and what, here's the problem. They play on our emotions. Right? The whole thing with, why would a loving God send people to hell? You go, well, I don't, you know, it makes sense. Maybe everybody's going to heaven. No, that's not what the Bible said. So we have to. We have to use our intellect to seek after God. And God said, no, I put something in you to seek after me and to seek after truth. I've given you a conscience to know right from wrong. And, and I know we have a sinful nature. But listen, is there anybody in here that, that thinks it's okay just to go out and shoot somebody in the head? I mean, does anybody think it's okay just to go down to the, the gas station there and walk in and just take stuff off the shelf and say, listen... I don't think it's wrong. No, there's something inside. You have to train yourself not to have a conscience. That's why the Bible said their conscience is seared. It's burned off. They don't feel it anymore, right? But that's not how we're created. When you're a kid, your mama looks at you wrong. You're going, uh-oh, I done. you didn't know exactly what it was you did wrong. Or they gave you the snap. You're like, I don't know what I did wrong, but something's wrong, Right? God puts in you the same thing. You may not be able to identify exactly, but something in you is saying that's not right. And so we, we have to be trained not to believe that, right? So, so God is telling us, I'm putting within you a witness that is unmistakable. I'm putting it in them, right? So we search for that thing that will satisfy this is the manifestation of God's grace. God puts the, and it may not, we may not be able to, Brother Matt, identify it necessarily as the Holy Ghost uh, living in us, right? Unless you're saved. But no doubt the Holy Spirit doesn't work with us. That's how you get saved. You don't get saved because you decide to get saved one day. You get saved because the Holy Ghost of God touches your heart and shows you you're in need of salvation. So the first thing he does, God's witness is unmistakable in them, but then it's unmistakable unto them. So the Bible said in verse 18, it's revealed from heaven against all ungodliness, but then in 19, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, Right, But also, he said, for he has showed it unto them. So there's something inside of us that God's saying, I'm putting it in you to know that there's a God, but also I'm giving you the evidence on the outside. And we talked about that the other day. Uh, we all uh, are all from the same family. Now you look at me and say, you know, preacher, you got some crazy family. Well, let me break your heart. We, we go far enough down the tree, they're part of your family too. Right? There's some, there's some people, Miss Marlene, you're like, boy, I'm glad they ain't my family. They're crazy. Well, they're your family too. I mean, you trace it all back. Guess what? We all go back to Adam and Eve. Don't look at me like I'm crazy. Right? In other words, whether you like it or not, we all cousins or something down the road. Right? So, so think if you go far enough back, all nations, watch this, all nations once had a knowledge of the true God. 
Right? Adam and Eve knew a true God. Their descendants knew a true God. Generations have known there's a true God. And so as man fell farther into paganism, they sought other gods to satisfy. I mean, you go all the way back to the children of Israel wandering in the wilderness. Moses, Moses is up on the mountain getting the word of God from God's finger. And they're down there saying, listen, I don't know what happened to Moses, but we need to, we need to fix us up a good God. We need to take the gold stuff and make it and make our own God. Well, you already got a good God that led you out of Egypt. Why you why you want to make a, a golden calf that can't do anything for you? Right? I mean, so you go far enough back, they knew there's a true God. Well, you know there's a true God. But see, we don't want to acknowledge him. We want to make up our own gods just like they did. So as man fell farther in, they, sought, they said, hey, we need to find us a God that satisfies we need, to, we need to fashion a God with our hands that we'll make him like we want him. Well, now we're in the day where it's like, well, I don't have a tiki God in my house, but my, my vision of who God is, Brother Matt, is how I want him, right? I'm going to fashion God in my, in my mind how I want him and how he'd be the perfect God for me. Well, he don't have to be the perfect God for you. He's the perfect God, and we're to be, we're to be molded into his image, not mold him into our image. And so in every realm from the internal to the, to the universe, God is showing himself unto us. I mean, we came to pray around the altar last night, and there's a, the moon was out, and it was huge. I mean, it's beautiful. How are you going to look at that and think that just came because there's a great explosion somewhere? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. And I went to the doctor Wednesday to get... A follow-up, and doctor said, looks like you're healing well. You know, the body is designed to heal itself. Now, how are you going to look at that and think there ain't, there isn't a God? How are you going to look at salvation when God takes a man that was a, a, a God-hater? I mean, you look at Paul. He hated God and was killing the church. And then God saves him on the road to Damascus, radically changes his life, and says, now you're going to go out and preach. the. Uh, the you're going to be the, the apostle to the Gentiles. How, how do you explain that? Look at what you see here. How do you explain how God radically changed your life? It, it's, because, it's because there is a true God. Right? And so God's witness is unmistakable. But verse 20 tells us it's not only unmistakable, it's universal. The Bible said, For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. Notice, let's read that again. The invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Yes, so here's what he's saying. He's saying, you don't want to acknowledge what I've done on the inside of you to have you seek after me. I'm laying out before your sight in what you call nature, Right? The power of God. It's amazing to me that you look at people that say they're, that they're, uh, you know, that they're concerned about nature and they're concerned about global warming and they're concerned about the the environment, but they won't they won't acknowledge the Creator of the environment. They they'll call it Mother Nature. 
That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Let's all embrace Mother Earth. You you call it what you want to. But I didn't I didn't come out of the earth like that. I was formed out of the dirt of it, but I was divinely created. She ain't my mama. My mama was sitting right there. Right? We embrace it, right? Man embraces the why? Because what what it does is it, it if we can figure out another reason for it, we don't have to acknowledge God. And if we don't have to acknowledge God, then we don't say have to say that there's a heaven and hell. And if we don't have to say there's a heaven and hell, we don't have to say that we're going there if we don't do it God's way. And if we don't say, have to say we've got to do it God's way, then we can do it any way we want to do it. Now, now, centuries later, you know what we've come up with? We go right back to the Bible. And people say, the Bible said judge not. Judge not lest you. Well, let me say this. You don't follow anything else the Bible says, so why do you care about that one verse? I mean, don't throw Bible up in my face when you won't. You won't well, I don't believe in Romans chapter 1, verse number 18 and 19 and 20. Well, then don't throw judge not lest ye be judged of me. He is who with, without sin let him cast the first stone. Don't throw your Bible up at me when you won't even live by it. Don't cherry pick some things and throw up in my face. Right? So, so here God's saying this. I, I'm, my witness is unmistakable, but also his witness is universal. What's that mean? Well, it, it is exposed to the wit, we're exposed to the witness of creation. We call it nature. God expects men to learn from nature the truth of his eternal power and truth. And so it should result in a desire both to praise and to please God, and the heavens declare the glory of God. Right? Well, what's that mean to us? Nature points to an eternal, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent creator. Well, that sounds good, but here's the problem. Man does not only need a creator, he needs a redeemer. So... Nature cannot satisfy the need. You can say Mother Earth. You can say, you know, mythology. What's the whole idea of mythology? We've got to have some gods to figure out this, this, and this. And God's saying, listen, all you've got to do is look at nature and you realize there's a creator which should make you search for a redeemer. You sit here today and say, I believe in a divine creator. Well, that doesn't do you a bit of good. I believe in the divine architect. Great for you. But see, you don't need a divine architect. You need a, you need a redeemer. Amen. And if you acknowledging there's a divine architect, a divine creator does not need, lead you to needing a redeemer or acknowledging you need one, then so what? Who cares? Nature offers no solution to man's greatest problem. I mean, okay. You, you, believe, you believe things evolved. Wonderful. How does that fix your greatest problem? If, if you evolved, how's that going to send you to heaven? It's not. You can believe in creation, right? You can go to the creation museum and go, man, look at all the evidence of God. I believe there's a God. Wonderful. The devils believe and tremble. That's right. Yes, sir. 
See, you, if, it never, if it never manifests itself into saying there's a big God who has a requirement for me to get to heaven and the only way I can get there is through the Lord Jesus Christ, then it doesn't do any good. But what I'm saying is God doesn't want you to go to hell and so he's saying I'm giving you all this evidence to point you to having a desire to seek after the answer of, of eternity. And so Calvary unveils the heart of God. All this is pointing to God and the love of God and, and Calvary unveils the heart of God. So let me give you this, I'm done. In this, in verse 20, it not only uh, exposes the witness of creation, it exposes, it's exposed by the witness of God. So notice what he said. He said, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. So there's always enough light to expose God's eternal power and Godhead. You say, I don't believe there's God. Well, look how dark things are. Look how wicked people are. But there's light. That's why you and I are called to be light. That's, that's why, listen, that's why the church is supposed to be different. In the dark world we live, there's supposed to be light, and you are supposed to be the light. There's always been darkness. But thank God there's been a remnant of light. I know, I know things are bad. I know they are. I know, listen, I know things are bad in America. I know things are bad in, in churches, right? You say, well, look at, all this, look at all this stuff going on in churches. I know, but here's the problem. We're, it's, churches are made up of human beings. Let me ask you this. Your job you work at, is everything, everything good there? I mean, you, you agree with everything going on? Right? I mean, they call you every week and say, hey, listen, we're getting ready to implement this new policy. We thought we'd get your opinion on it. Just Because if you don't like it, we won't do it. Come on. Do they do that? Great. Right? I mean, when you walk in, when you walk in your job tomorrow morning, you walk in and say, there's nothing in this place that I do not agree. That I agree with everything going on. It's perfect. Right? No. But you know what you're going to do tomorrow? Go right in there. That's right? Right? Well, they pay my bills, preacher, i got to go. You don't have to go, you can quit. Right? right. You don't like to quit. No, I can't do that. They give me my health insurance. Well, okay. But you can quit. Am I right? But you choose not to quit. Are there people, are there people in that job that, that rub you the wrong way? Are there people that don't act like Christians? Are there people that don't act right and, you know, drive you up the wall? Well, do you... Do you miss it? I mean, do you, every Monday you say, I ain't going. I'm just not going because that person, on, right? Man, My own? Right. No, nope, you go. You work beside that person. They drive you crazy. They've, talk, they've talked about you behind your back. They've gossiped. They've not treated me well. You know what you do? You stand at your workstation. Why? Because at the end of the week, they're going to direct deposit some cash in there. Right. Right. But you know what we do? Well, church, it's made up of a bunch of hypocrites. I just won't be a part of that. Well, we got plenty of room for one more. Just jump on in, right? I mean, I mean people, people talk about each other at church. Yeah, but it ain't all bad. 
Sometimes people talk good stuff about other people in church. Right? What I'm saying is you won't quit these things because of the problems. But when it comes to God's church, it's like, well, I don't want anything to do with that because there, there, there's problems. In it. There are problems because it's made up of people. Your job's made up of people. Uh, this world's made up of people. But listen, that, that doesn't have anything to do with God. Amen. Listen to me. If you die and go to hell, it is not God's fault. Amen. And by the way, it's nobody else's fault either but yours. Oh, 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 I know, I know. You know what we do, Brother Jimmy? We preach well. You don't want to be a stumbling block in front of me. That's on us, right? We'll have to answer for that. But you won't get into heaven because somebody was a stumbling block. And you say, well, they were a stumbling block. And it caused me not to want to get saved. And so, therefore, you're going to have to let me into heaven anyway. You won't go to heaven that way. See, the fact is, the Bible said all that God is doing in these scriptures, it leaves man without excuse. You, You... We have no excuse not to be safe. Yet some men deny the truth. He puts it in us. He puts us around, around us. Yet some men will still deny the truth. And others sin deeper and become idolaters. There's some, you know what? There's some good people. There's some, but Shane, there's some good people that are going to be in hell. There are. There's some good, I mean, moral people. They, they give to charity, Right? They don't cuss, they don't drink, they don't commit adultery, right? They, some of them even go to church. Some of them even go to church. But they're going to be in hell because they have denied the Lord Jesus Christ. Then there's going to be some people, listen, you thought, man, he's the most wicked person you've ever met in your life. He, he's, he's, he's an adulterer, he's an alcoholic, he's a drug addict, he's a murderer, he's done all these wicked things, but the Holy Ghost convicted his heart and he asked the Lord Jesus to save him one day and he asked him to save and God saved him and he's going to be in heaven. You say, well, that ain't fair. This guy has lived a good life and this guy's lived a bad life. See, you're not the, you're not the justifier of fear. All have sinned. And come short of the glory of God. All of us. So you don't you don't want to believe in the wrath of God? You don't have to. But you'll face it one day. You don't want to believe in the grace of God? You don't have to. But you'll not experience it. See, God has done everything to keep man out of hell. He's done everything to keep you out of hell this morning. If you choose to go, it's on you. You're not going to be able to stick your finger up in the face of God and say, you didn't, you didn't do enough. He's done everything. If you die in your sins and go to hell, it's because you chose it. And if you get to heaven, right? If you get to heaven, you know why you're going to heaven? Because you chose it. He paid the price and you chose Jesus. The willful blindness... You have to willfully be blind, right? That eliminates, brother Eddie, all of the, all the, the rhetoric, right? What about, the, I mean, what about the heathen that never that doesn't have a church? Well, that's why we send missionaries. But God's saying they're without excuse. And if they're without excuse, listen to this: Do you not think it's going to be worse for people that live? In the buckle of the Bible Belt, yes, where there's sir. a church on every corner. Yes, sir. That's why it's important. 
for us to give to missions. That's why it's important for us to knock on doors and run buses. Because we live in a place where God's saying where much is given, much is required. People need Jesus. But if they die in their sins, Brother Johnny, without him, they can't point the finger at him and say, you, this is your fault. And if you die in your sins without Jesus, you cannot say it's God's fault. He's done everything to keep you and me out of hell. But you have to make the choice. Let's stand together. Bow our heads this morning. Let me ask you this. No one's looking around. How many this morning, if you'd be honest, and God knows your heart. God, listen, you, you're not going to fool God. You, you may fool me, but you won't fool God. You may fool your, your family, but you won't fool God. How, how many would be honest this morning and say, Preacher, I've never trusted him as my Savior. I'm not asking you if you're a good person. I'm not asking if you've done some good things or bad things. I just want to know this one thing. Have you ever trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? If you have not, here's what I want you to do. I just want you to slip your hand up. Acknowledge that so I can pray for you. So one, if I die today, preacher, I, I, I've never asked him to be my Savior. Would you, would you slip your hand up? Is there one? Just one. Well, you, let me tell you this, church. There's a whole world of people out there that need to hear about Jesus. And he's left you and me here to do it. Now, in light of what the Bible said, if they're without excuse, you and I are without excuse. We're without excuse to tell others about Jesus Christ. Would you come? Maybe you need to rededicate your life to the Lord and say, Lord, I want to, you've dealt with my heart today. I want to do more. I don't want the blood of anybody on my hands. I don't want my friends and family to be in hell. I want to be a witness. I want to be what you want me to be. I want to be thankful that I'm not going to hell. Help us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for loving us enough to put a convicting spirit on the inside of us. But thank you for dying on Calvary for our sins. And we are without excuse. Thank you for the day that you saved me. And I know others would say thank you for the day that you saved them. Now let us tell others about the grace of God. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray.